you guys happy monday welcome back to not your average bs where we talk about what everybody else is thinking today's guest is somebody that i've had the privilege of knowing for a very long time latrice johnson and i went to high school together we also went to the same undergraduate institution and Today, we talked all about her road to Howard University, where she's currently studying to become a doctor, which is just insane to think about. So in a few years, you'll be able to introduce or she'll be able to introduce herself to you as Dr. Johnson. Today's conversation is one that I think you all will find very inspiring. Latrice talks about some racial disparities within the medical and health industry and how she wants to be able to make a difference within that, and also how her faith has helped her overcome some major challenges in her life. Latrice is somebody that honestly just lights up any room that she walks into and to know her is to truly love her and I am so glad that I've had the opportunity to do that so personally over the years. So with that being said, I hope that you all enjoy today's interview. So thank you so much to Latrice for coming on the podcast today. Shannon and I are super excited to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So jumping right in today, um, we typically start our episodes off with an appetizer. So this can be any kind of resource, whether that's an app, book, website, documentary, literally whatever you want it to be um, that you would recommend to people. It can be personal, it can be professional, it can be in relation to medical school, just anything that you would recommend to people generally. So I'm just going to start off with, of course, my, my faith is very important to me. So of course, the resource that I would recommend is the Bible. Um, that's just a book that's just definitely changed my life so much um, over the years that I've just come to know God. And I, and I think it applies to just like every single area of life, you know, like whether it's professional, medical school, like any kind of grad school, finances, relationships, like the Bible just encompasses everything that can lead you to a life that's just life to the full. Like it's not, I think a lot of people think of the Bible and just think it's just rules and like regulations and what you can do, but it's really not. It's actually like, okay, do you want to have life to the full? Like, this is how you can have it. Like, this is how you treat people. Like, this is how you handle your finances. Like, this is how you look at life. And it's just really been life changing for me. So it's, of course, something that I recommend to everybody. I love that. And it's also like you were kind of alluding to, like, if you're like stressed out or you're anxious or something like that, you can just like type in Bible verses for that specifically and then just kind of be encouraged like that. And that's that's what I do a lot personally. So I look, like that. That's your appetizer. Do you have like a favorite like yeah. verse or a book that you go back to like over and over again? Yes, Habakkuk 1 5. Let me not misquote it, Lord. <laughs> um, he says, because Habakkuk is just talking about just like all of the stress and chaos that's going on in his nation. Like it was, there was oppression. Like there's just a lot going on. And, and God says in Habakkuk 1 5, um, look at the nations and watch and be amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe if you were told. And so it's just like such a great promise that like, no matter what we're going through. And, it's, and it was just so, it was just such a great, it was just such a great answer, like from God that it's like, okay, like still keep hope. Like there's something that I'm going to do that you would not believe even if you were told, like, it's not something that you can figure out. It's not something that you can imagine. Like 
just trust him and he's just going to make everything work out okay. And so I just really love that verse. Yes. Well, we're going to jump into your faith in a little bit because I know that that's a big part of your identity. But to add context to those listening, I have known Latrice for a very long time and I'm grateful to know her. Um, So for those of you who don't know Latrice, maybe can you describe who are you? What makes Latrice Latrice? I know that's more of like a big conceptual uh, 30,000 question, but we really like to start off with like who you are, you know, where you're from um, and the things that make you who you are. It's it's so funny because I feel like in every season of my life, like I'm asking myself that same question, you know, like it's like I got to medical school and I have to, you know, reconfirm and realign. It's like, who am I? Like even in the season of medical school. And so, um, yeah, like Shannon said, I know Shannon, I I was raised more so in Indian Trail, <laughs> North Carolina um, for the second half of my life, went to UNC Charlotte for undergrad, um, majored in psychology and minored in chemistry, um, did a post program for a little bit, and then now I'm at Howard University College of Medicine for medical school, which is surreal. <laughs> um, yes, we ma'am, there. we are, we are there. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is kind of more so like my academic life, and then for my personal life, and just my passions and my interests, of course, like I said, my faith, um, that's really core for me. And I feel like everything about me flows from that. Um, my interests, like I'm very passionate about the role that I'm called to play in ending racism, the role that I'm called to play in ending health disparities that are present in our community and in our healthcare system. Um, I'm really passionate about just seeing black families like be reunited and, and strong black families come together. And of course, like I know I'm not the solution to it, but I do, I am very passionate about it. I'm not sure exactly, you know, my role fits in that, but I, I, that's something that I want to dedicate my life to. Um, Other things I love, I love people. (laughs) I really love, you know, my family, my friends. I love meeting people. I love getting to know people, you know, and what makes them them, what makes them, why they think the way they think, like why they do the things that they do. I think people are just very special and unique. And I just think that everyone who's placed on this earth is placed here for a reason. So why not get to get to know them and know why they're here? So yeah, those are kind of my interests. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you went into undergrad, did you know that you were going to do psych and chemistry? Like you mentioned, like, did you always know that you wanted to go to medical school or where did that desire kind of come from? Yeah. So um, I did, I've always known I wanted to be a doctor, like, Ever since I was a kid, you know, my dad was like, you're going to be a doctor. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool, you know. Um, and so going into undergrad, yeah, I definitely, like, before even undergrad, I Googled and researched medical schools. <laughs> so, um, but going in, at first I was going to, you know, do the typical biology major. But we had to say calculus, and I was like, I am not taking calculus. Like, I, I would choose any major that did not include calculus. I just didn't want to take it. And I'm really glad I didn't major in bio. Like a lot of people majored in bio and it's it can be kind of boring to some. And I was really, really interested again, like in people and I wanted to know like the psychology. So I loved that major, it was great. I did a chemistry minor because like by the time I finished my prereqs, I only needed one more class to do a chemistry minor. Um, but yeah, and so I, I've always said I wanted to be a doctor, but I think what kind of confirmed it for me, like when I was in college was um, my grandma, she passed away 
from, you know, just complications with diabetes and heart disease. And that just reconfirmed in me this passion to want to fight health disparities that are present in our community because, you know, the African-American community, like, we suffer from heart disease, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, everything, or not everything, but diabetes, but a lot of diseases that can be prevented, you know, like be prevented with proper diet, exercising, and mainly just like those two things, you know, having a healthy environment, of course, and things like that. But I was just very passionate in making sure that no one else's life ended early from things that could be prevented. So I think that was, that was definitely the thing that really solidified medicine for me. And of course, there were like a lot of other small things, but, <laughs> but everything was just icing. Is there any sort of, you know, you mentioned like kind of the diabetes um, route. Is there like a specialty that you're looking to go into? I don't know if that's like, you know, there is a hundred different like options and I don't know if you can predetermine that in your first semester of med school, but is there something specifically that you're looking to, you know, specialize in or do your residency in? Yeah, no, I'm still very, very open. I do love coming in. I was like, oh my gosh, I love orthopedic surgery. I want to do that. But I also have kind of rekindled my passion for OB. Um, again, I just, I just love, I just think it's so special to bring life into the world. And I love black women and again, like black families. And I think that's just a great way to make a direct impact. And also, as you know, black women are four times more likely to die in childbirth. And to me, that just, I just, that is just unimaginable pain. And again, something that can be prevented. Like if black women are listened to, and taken care of, like that can be prevented most of the time, not all the time, but a lot of times it can be prevented. So that just really breaks my heart. So, but mm -hmm. I'm still very open because I like surgery and then I'll be can do surgery and OB, but. Um, yeah. So you kind of, you know, we giggled earlier that saying that you were at Howard because your road to med school has been so unique and filled with a lot of roadblocks and a lot of resiliency. Um, so can you let people know sort of what that road to getting to Howard has looked like for you in terms of you? And I know that you had talked about your post-bac program a little bit. So what has led to you ending up at Howard? Yeah. Um, it's been a long road. I've always, I've always since like undergrad wanted, really wanted to go to Howard. So it's really a blessing to be here. Um, so yeah, undergrad finished like kind of fine, but I didn't feel like my GPA, or at least my, my overall was fine, but my science GPA I didn't feel like was strong enough to apply to medical school. So I did a post back for like a semester and the post, it, it wasn't necessarily the post back program. That was the issue. It was just like um, when I went there, so I, I moved to Miami to do a post back at FIU, Florida International University. Um, and like within the first month of me moving there, you know, I got in a car accident and totaled my car. And so it was really hard because, so I, I knew one of our friends from high school, actually, I stayed with um, Kaylin. She had another member. Yeah, I lived with Kaylin and her family. So I was so blessed to have them because besides them, I didn't know anyone else down there. And yeah, I couldn't imagine going through all that without them. And so I got in a car accident, which, which just really messed with me kind of emotionally just because I had gone through a lot just to get there. And I was just like, you know, I'm getting here, things are going wrong. I was like really sad. Um, thankfully, you know, Kaylin's family was great, like really helped me with getting to school and like letting me use their car and things of that nature. Um, but it was just a really rigorous program. And um, from that, I just learned, you know, it's really important to have like peace in your life whenever you're doing um, really rigorous things because that can just like cause so much extra stress. And so um, towards the end of the program, 
you know, Kaylin moved back to New York for her job and her career. And so um, unfortunately, I didn't have a car to drive. So I just decided to move or to go stay in an Airbnb near school for like the last two weeks of the semester because we had like tests Thanksgiving week and then test the finals the week after. So I was like, I know I'm going to be on campus like all the time. And it was, it had been so much more expensive to Uber back and forth. So I just like stayed in Airbnb by myself for like two weeks near campus. And that was really hard for me just because like, I mean, everybody was safe and it was fine, but it was just really hard for me because it was just like, wow, I'm really going through a lot for this. And I really, really hope it's worth it. But it was just like, it was just some something when inside of me just like would not give up. Like I was like, I don't really care essentially that I have to stay in Airbnb because like I know what this is going towards. And so, but I decided at the end of that semester to come back to Charlotte. Um, because I thought things would be smoother, but it really wasn't really wasn't as smooth. And so I thought I had a job coming back, didn't have a job, ended up being a scam because I like, you know, had to apply things online. Yeah, because I was in Miami trying to apply for Charlotte jobs. So like with that, when that fell through, it was like Christmas time, so no one was hiring. So then I couldn't move into the apartment that I was going to move into in January. And so things just got like really rough, you know? So I stayed like at my friend's mom's house, like on an air mattress for a few weeks and then ended up staying like at my one of my really great friend's house, like on her couch for like a few months after that. And even with that, like I just got... It was, there was just a lot going on. I was working multiple jobs. I was taking physics. I was studying for my MCAT. I kept getting sick for some reason. Like I, I never before then had gotten the flu or strep. And I just literally kept getting both of them at the same time. And I was just like, what is going on? And like, why is life going so wrong right now? <laughs> but um, but yeah, really, again, just like my faith really helped me do that. Because that was a really, really hard time. Um, but then things just got better. And you know, I moved into, I took my MCAT in August and like moved into my apartment in August and um, applied to medical school. MCAT went amazing, like a lot better than I had really anticipated or my practice scores had indicated. Um, and again, in that, I just, I just realized the faith, like the importance of having faith throughout the journey of medical, of getting to medical school and even in medicine. Um, and I didn't apply to many schools just because like it was, I knew one where I wanted to go. And from my experience at Florida, I knew that I didn't want to go somewhere. Like if I didn't want to go there when applying, like I shouldn't apply because I wouldn't like it, like it when I got there. Um, and so yeah, I went to, <laughs> to a few schools and it was such a blessing. I got into Howard, my top choice. And that was just, that's, and we're here, we're here. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Did you take that? How many times did you take the MCAT? Because I know a lot of people take it like multiple times or some people do it like one and done type of deal. So what was your experience in terms of like studying and preparing for, you know, like an, an exam that determines yeah, your future? Yeah, essentially? I was one and done. I was like, thank you, God. I was like, Lord, I just take this again. I was like one and done. But I kept pushing it back. So essentially I was at first supposed to take it in May. And I was just like, no. And I kept pushing it back every single month until August. And I was just like, you know what? Like I studied all I can study for this exam. And it was so funny because my my coach, she was like, yeah, if you go in and take it, you're only going to get 500. And like 500 is is um, average. Like it's just average for for MCAT score. Um, but I was like, I am not getting a 500. I was like, uh-uh. And so, you know, I went to take the exam. I walked out. It was so hard. <laughs> It was so hard. I had no idea how I did, but I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to 
speak faith over it. I prayed and prayed for a great score and I got a really great score. And I was just like, thank you, God, and kept it checking. <laughs> and for for those who might not be familiar with um, what post-bac is, um, can you maybe explain like what the purpose behind doing a post-bac program, even like what that meant for you and maybe people who are considering going into like the medical field or med school? Yeah. So post-bacs, which I tell people can be like a double-edged sword. So it, can, it either can be really, really great for you or really bad because essentially you're going and taking, a lot of them is like the first year medical school classes. So it's like if you have a low science GPA leaving undergrad and you want to show medical schools that you can handle the coursework, you go and do like a post-bac. And if you do really good and like medical schools are like, okay, you can handle the load. And some schools have like, you know, if you get a certain GPA, you get an interview at that school or like acceptance into that school. So there's some perks that come with it, but I think they're mostly for like building your GPA. So, I mean, I just, I would, I honestly, my personal opinion, not endorsed by anyone, I believe that you should apply to school <laughs> first before ever doing a post-fact because there's also a lot of money and time. And it's like, if you're going to be spending that money and time, like you might as well be in medical school and not like, you know, doing an extra year, just be doing an extra year or so. I do wish I would have applied before, like trying yeah. to apply to post back. But it is what it is. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned um, a little, a couple minutes ago, that you really wanted to go to Howard. Um, and as a black woman studying at How an institution like Howard, one of the most prominent HBCUs in our nation, like, what is that significance like for you? And like, just, just how does it feel to be there? Both of my parents also got their, they got their MBAs at Howard. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we love Howard and the family. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's really an indescribable experience. Like, it's, it's one that I'm so blessed that I get to have. And I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU just because, so I had a, um, we're winding it back really quick. I had I went to a program at Duke University School of Medicine the summer after my freshman year, and it was for you know minorities, and that was my first experience ever with being surrounded by just black and brown people who are so excellent. And I'm not saying that black people aren't excellent. It was just like throughout my life, it was just it, the society had really made it seem like okay, if you were successful and a black person, like you were the exception to the rule. You know, it was never like okay, this is this is like this is the baseline that we're we're all here at. And so when I went to Duke, it was just my first experience um, being surrounded by people who look like me and think like me and have similar experiences as me. And I just fell in love. And I was like, this is the experience that I want to have as I'm pursuing medicine. Because not only back here at Howard, you know, am I surrounded by people who who are amazing and like think like me and look like me, but it's also just like Howard is so intentional about fighting health disparities and how Howard is so intentional about ending racism. So it's not just something where it's like, you know, I go to another school and it's a, it's an elective class. Like, no, here at Howard, like, this is a part of our curriculum. Like, this is what we're about. And that's what I'm about. And that's what I want my career to be about. And so just being able to study here and being trained to be a physician um, who can serve my community best, is just such a blessing. And of course, being surrounded by amazing, successful black men and women is, very uplifting, very encouraging, um, continues to push me to love myself, to reach back out to my community, like as I am growing in my career, um, 
it continues to teach me that medicine is more than just about me. Like it's about being a leader in our community. And so it's really special. I really love it here. I'm really thankful to be here. Um, have you ever read the book Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates? No. The, the way that you just talked about Howard and my parents do it too. And pretty much everyone who's gone there is well in the book, Ta-Nehisi Coates describes it as like the Mecca yeah. and just talking about how great it is. And just to be surrounded by people who look exactly like you and who are successful and are not the stereotypes that the media tells us that they are. Um, so you just describing Howard just reminded me of that part in the book. It's a re- it's a really good book. He talks about kind of growing up in Baltimore um, and life with his son. It's just a good one. I'll have to check it out. Add it to the list. This list of books. Yeah. I don't think you'll be reading anything for a while besides <laughs> the Bible and then your med school textbook. So maybe over, maybe over the summer. Right. It's a short read. It's not bad. <laughs> uh, so did you look, um, because obviously you're going to an HBCU for med school, did you look at HBCUs whenever you were going into undergrad or post programs, or you just knew that you wanted to go to UNC Charlotte right from high school, and then eventually you would apply to an HBCU for med school? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't apply to any HBCUs um, when applying to undergrad because I didn't really know about them. And I'm like, I'm so sad I did not know about HBCUs. Like, I definitely would have applied for undergrad. Um, I don't I think just, our high school pushed them enough. Like, yeah. I don't rem- I mean, I'm white, so it's not like they would have caught my, like, ear or eye anyway. But just because we went to the same high school, that was going to be sort of my follow-up question. It's kind of like this thing of you went to a predominantly white high school, and then you went to Charlotte, which is a PWI as well. And so how has that transformation, like, been like for you, um, you know, not going to an HBCU for undergrad? It's it was it's just so natural. It's, it's very natural because, again, I just – I love, I, I love it here. And I know that's the experience that I wanted. Like, it's just a very, it's, it's just a family here. And so there's, there's, you're, everyone is so welcoming. Everyone is so supportive. Um, so it's, I don't, it's not a hard transition at all, but I can say when I did first start at UNC Charlotte, I did, you know, I had to have my own experience of coming to realize who I was coming to love, like who I was as a black woman, because as you said, I, went to high school at a, like those predominantly white middle schools predominantly white like I'm very thankful because you know they were great schools but um for me I had to learn like how to love myself and love my skin love my culture I had to learn about my history I didn't learn about you know my own history until I get to undergrad so I I grew a lot in who I was as a black woman and who I am now as a black woman during undergrad and so I am I am grateful that I did have that experience at UNC Charlotte and it's, it taught me a lot, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be at Howard. <laughs> watching, watching your white coat ceremony, it was just like very apparent how intentional Howard is because they spent a lot of time. I mean, obviously it was virtual, which is of course unfortunate because it's such like a momentous occasion, but just, I, I forget their name, um, but one of the doctors was talking and they were just talking about fighting the disparities within the black community and just like seeing your face like light up, um, like whenever, you know, they called your name. I, it was just like such a full circle moment because this is what you've always wanted to do. Um, and so for you to be doing at Howard, it's kind of 
of like everyone back at, you know, Sun Valley, woo woo, go Spartans, is just kind of like cheering on. We're like, yeah, go the trees. We're all like in a group chat, just like crying because it's just to end up in medical school is one thing in itself, but to end up at Howard somewhere where you've wanted to go for so long and to finally be surrounded by people who look like you going to PWIs. I don't know. It was just like a very, like, I'm just so proud of you not to like turn this into like a Latrice like show, but <laughs> like it's a Latrice show on today's episode, guys. <laughs> it was just a very, you can just tell like you talking about Howard and talking about how intentional they are as an outsider looking in, it was very apparent, even in just the short little, you know, 20 to 30 minute white coat ceremony, how intentional they are in terms of all of that. Did you experience culture shock at all? Not only going from Indian Trail, Charlotte, North Carolina to Washington, D.C., but also go, growing up, attending PWIs your whole life to then going to an HBCU? Um, I didn't really experience the culture shock with moving to D.C. Um, I, I love D.C. Like when I came here to interview, I was like, this is somewhere that I could really imagine being my home and I'm glad it is my home now. Um, and even anyone's going from UNC Charlotte to Howard, it really, it really wasn't a culture shock. Like, I think culture shock is more so, you know, when it's something you're unfamiliar with or something that's, you know, you just never experienced before, but, but going to Howard, it's like, it's like, wow, I feel like I've known y'all my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. It's more of like a familial aspect. You know, so it wasn't, yeah, there wasn't really a culture shock. It's like, this is experience I've been wanting for a very long time. So I just want to move to, I want to go to Howard too. They're going to be like, what's your white ass doing here? Um, But maybe to someone listening who wants to go to medical school or even pursue a higher degree, um, what would be some general advice that you might give them? My advice is always just go for it. Just do it. I think a lot of people get stopped at like, the application process like a lot of people won't even apply and it's like apply like if it's some even if it's something you don't even know you know you're 100 sure about well medical school okay okay medical school is different than grad school because grad school is like okay go ahead and apply you know if you're interested medical school is like you have to go through a lot to even apply which is not always the best but i would say in medical school too like if, if you know there's something you want to do don't let don't let the statistics that you see online deter you from applying like if you see on there the MCAT score is higher than yours or MCAT average that they take is higher than yours, like don't let that deter you from applying. Like just apply, just have faith in it. This is like the field that you're called to. You're going to get in. And again, even if you get denied the first time, like that does not mean that you're not called to be a doctor. And I know so many amazing physicians, you know, who've been denied multiple times. Like just keep the faith, keep being resilient. If you have to go and do another year of research or something, if this is what you really want to do, like you're going to end up here. And that's what I just try to tell a lot of pre-meds because, you know, when you're applying and like even in pre-med classes, like, and even in interview season, like, you know, everyone's just like, so like, I don't know, it can be a very competitive process and, you know, and very cutthroat. And I'm just like, just relax. And people can get very worked up, but it's like, just relax. Like you're going to be in medical school. Like I tell people that all the time with their pre-med, I'm like, you're going to be in medical school and you're going to be fine. Okay. So just relax. Just don't listen to outsiders and listen to statistics. Just go wherever your heart leads you and have the faith to apply. You've kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but how would you say that faith plays a role in your life? And 
is it something, is your faith something that you kind of grew into or did you like always grow up in the church like I did or how was, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love my faith. You know, so. <laughs> right? um, yeah. So I um, didn't really like grow up in the church, but when I was, so when I was in high school, um, these two high schoolers started this worship night at um a yo it was a yogurt shop like right near our high school gosh what was it? yes just right beside Harris Peter oh my gosh yeah <laughs> and so I just started going I just started going because that's like people would go there so I was like okay cool like I'm just gonna go like with people <laughs> and like I literally had no idea still then though I was just like you know I go I would sing the songs I would hear the word but like it just really didn't mm -hmm. register to me at all like I'm Hey, like I like going it makes me feel good sometimes and I get a little teary eyed but I still didn't like you know equate it with God and then one time I went like over the summer and I ended up like going going there by myself at first and like waiting for my friends to get there and I was there one of the pastors from Elevation Church he was actually like speaking like at that at our at the worship night event there um his name was John Bishop and he was um talking and he just like talked to me and he was like you know like do you like coming here I was like yeah and then he was like, I guess asking me about God. And I was just like, I didn't really have an answer. <laughs> like, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, I just came for the really yogurt. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I really know. Good time. Good vibes. No. <laughs> and so, um, and so like he invited me to come to Elevation Church because I used to like work at CC's Pizza, which is right near the right near the Matthews location. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay. And I ended up going, I think like that next weekend, and just like literally from the first service, it was just so different. I remember the sermon he was talking about was like looking at our problems, you know, through God's view rather than our own view. And yeah, just from, I just really loved the message and again, was really moved and I just kept going and learning more about God. And then I remember the day I gave my life to Christ, they were doing these like hardcore testimonies. And so like on one side, it was like, what your life was like before Christ. And on the other side, it was like, what your life is now with Christ. And I was just like bawling, crying. They were singing my song. <laughs> what is your song? Tell us. How he loves. Yes, that is. Yeah, oh. that was my song back then. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just like knew. I just, I just knew that I, I didn't want a life without Christ. Like even from those few months that I was like going, I'd already seen so much. And so, yeah, I just from then. It was just, it was just uphill, you know, it's just an uphill. And I just realized that like, even through the ups and the downs of life, like every day with Christ is so much better than like any day I had without him before. And yeah, that was kind of my journey for me to know Christ. I, I kind of forgot the question. I was like, I don't want to get off topic, but that's how I came to know, came to know God. And from there, I just, just fell in love with God and more and more every day. I just fell in love with him and. He's just so good and like so faithful. And he literally never, he never fails, like ever, like ever. And he's just everything that I need and more. And man, whew. Like, I tell you. <laughs> oh, somebody. <laughs> just, this, this might be like personal, but like with all of the ups and the downs in terms of, you know, like your grandmother passing away and how hard the road to medical school has been, have you ever like questioned your faith or, you know, has that always been just a rock that you've been able to kind of return to? 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. I I don't I don't think I've ever questioned like you know God if God is real or you know question my faith. But I did when I was in undergrad and again started learning more about my history and just kind of the period of life between the end of slavery and the beginning of the civil rights movement and what black people went through and kind of the beginning of mass incarceration and things of that nature. Um, I, I really question like, you know, why did that happen? Like, why did God let that happen? Like, how did God let that happen? And I, and in that, again, it, I still just got brought back to, you know, the, the truth that one, that God is good. And like, even in that darkness, even in just like the brutality, and even from the beginning of time, even to now, like you just see how faith is just a strong pillar in the black community. And it's just like, even whenever so much evil is like done to black people, like, we still come to know Jesus. And essentially like that is what God wants. It's like for us to come to know him. And I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he like wants these bad things to happen to us, but it's still amazing that even in the midst of all of that, that we are still like coming to know God. And so with that, I just was like, you know what? That's so true. And I will never understand the ways of God because you know, his, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so I don't try to, but I do know, what I do know about God is that he's good and I continue to learn more about his character and the ways that he works every day. And for somebody who's listening who might be like struggling with their faith or um, wants to know God, but doesn't know, you know, how to get there, what would be some advice that you um, would give them in times of COVID, especially like right now being that, you know, the church that you go to isn't meeting in person and a lot of churches are not meeting in person. So what are some um, ways that people who might be either struggling or want to know faith, what can they do? I know sometimes it's hard to read the Bible. It's hard to even sit down, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a discipline for sure. I would say even just like watching a sermon. I mean, there've been times when, you know, I was going through really hard things in my life too. And it was hard for me to open my Bible, but even just like watching a sermon, like in hearing God's word, you know, auditorily, um, was really, was really, was really, really helpful for me. Even when I didn't, you know, have the strength to like, pers- not pursue my faith myself, but like, you know, read for myself. Um, so with, I would, I would say with that, that's a, that's a good way. Worship, worship music. I like worship music because it helps shift our perspective from, you know, what's going on around us to like who God is. Um, I would say, and again, I mean, even like the Bible plan, they have little verses every day, like the verse of the day. And even with those little steps, like God will meet you like there. God will meet you where you are. Like his word says, you know, if you seek him, you will find him. And so I think with those things, like you'll definitely find God and, and another thing. Um, So whenever I was going through like a really hard time too, something I would do is like every day, like look for something that represented God's goodness. And it's like every single day of my life, like even now, like I, there's something in my day that I'm like, I can point to and I'd be like, dang, that's good. Like God is good. Like this is, this is not saying I need, you know, we need this support representation of God being good and God being with us, but he does give us that every day something that I would recommend. So as someone who's clearly very passionate about your future as a doctor, um, what is something that you could consider your greatest hope maybe as someone who is following the path of medicine to become a doctor? You touched a little bit about like disparities, um, but just in general, what would you say? Yes. 
my greatest hope is that finances and lack of resources, I, I, my greatest hope is that that would not stop people from receiving proper health care. My greatest hope is that Black women would not die while giving birth to their child. My greatest hope is that African-American communities would be brought together, not only by, you know, proper diet and, and proper education, you know, exercise and things of that nature, but just by healing the community, like not only, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. Like being a physician is, it's, it's such an honor because you don't just, you know, get to deal with the physical outward aspects of someone, but you know, when they're your patient, like, you know, you can, you talk to them about their mental health, you talk to them about their spiritual health, and it's just like a holistic feeling. And I just really want that for my community. And I'm not saying that, you know, like with me, all of the health disparities or all of the racism is going to end, but I am going to spend every single day of my life like contributing to the fight to end it. And so, yeah, that's just my, my greatest hope is that we won't die from bad eating choices and, you know, just being unaware of it. We won't die because we can't afford healthy, healthy food options. Like we won't die from things that can be preventable. And so that's just, that's just my, my greatest hope in the field of medicine and the community. Awesome. So before we wrap up our last segment that we have for today is tangible takeaway. So this is just a last final piece of advice that you have for our listeners. It can be geared toward pre-med students or Black people in general or just whatever you want it to be. That's some advice. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I would say to... I would say to Black people, I mean, yeah, just I would say especially, yeah, to my, to my community to to keep fighting to my community to keep their heads held high, you know, not only just with medicine, but, you know, with racism, police brutality, like, or, you know, our people aren't just dying, again, from health disparities, our people are dying by being shot in the streets every day, you know, by being, I would just encourage my community to keep fighting, whether that's a good fight of the faith, whether that's fighting racism, however, however you, you feel led and called to fight racism, please do it. I don't care what other people say, like, however you're called to fight your fight, you do it. And to just encourage black, black people that, you know, right now, white supremacy is winning these battles, but they haven't won the war. And I, again, strongly believe in God. And I do believe that God will have the final say and that racism will not win in this life or in this world. And so that's my final piece of advice. Well, as always, we leave our guests' social media um, below in our show notes. So I'll link your personal page as well as your um, road to medicine page. Um, because I think, <laughs> I think that everybody um, would be very... Um, it, it would be very good for people to realize how hard it is to become a doctor um, and how great Howard um, as a university and as an institution is. And um, my hope is that, you know, more 
high schools. Um, when I think back to our days at Sun Valley together, I wish that that would have been spoken about more. Um, I think that a lot of people could benefit from hearing about those institutions and realizing that they don't have to go to a PWI or, you know, they don't have to go to a place where they're not going to see a single person that looks like them. Um, so I'll leave both of those in the show notes so that people can see just how hard you are fighting to become a doctor. Um, but with that being said, Latrice, thank you so much for coming on. As always, you are, I don't know, you're just like a positive little ray of sunshine. And if I could fold you up and put you in my pocket and carry you everywhere, I probably would. I would probably just do a mini Latrice and stick her in my pocket. That way everybody could get to know you. <laughs> thank you thank y'all for having yes. me and for Shannon like I said we've each other for a long time and you are amazing and you are an advocate as well and Brindy I want to get to know you more <laughs> you seem really great, really great. Yes. <laughs> all right Laddie well with that being thank said it's a wrap boo thank you we love you it's a wrap. bye yes. having me all right, you all. Well, that is a wrap on today's episode with Latrice Johnson. We hope that you enjoyed getting to know and learn more about her and hear about her wild ride to medical school. As always, her social media is going to be linked down below in the show notes, so be sure to follow her to take that crazy journey with her as well as following us because all of the updates and the content is over on our Instagram. And until next Monday, that's the BS. Mm-hmm.